Welcome to Bar Chat. That's where it's at. I'm Lexi. I'm Bianca. And I'm Becca. And we're chatting all things dance. So today we are actually doing a little side segment. It's called Beyond the Bar. Lexi, what's it about? So Beyond the Bar is pretty much talking about everything else we do in our lives aside from dance because our podcast is pretty much dance-based. If you guys listen to it, you'll know (laughs) it's pretty much dance-based as well as our TikTok accounts just because we're always making skits and comedy stuff usually related to dance. Sometimes we do other things, but our main thing is dance. So that's really all you guys know about us. So this episode is pretty much filling you guys in on everything else we do, which is a lot because we are all very busy people. But we're going to give you guys a little inside scoop of what our lives consist of aside from dance. Yeah. And something I want to say before we really get into our lives, I think it is so important. And I think that's why we wanted to share this with you all. It's so important to find hobbies and interests and a life outside of dance because I feel like it's so easy I don't know if you guys can relate it's so easy to find yourself in this little bubble of the dance world and just get so involved and so invested but I feel like that's not necessarily very healthy and you need to find the balance of having normal hobbies and normal interests and normal friends yeah not that dance friends aren't normal but you spend all day with them every day So you really want to make sure that you're finding different avenues outside of dance. And that's not saying like a plan B or anything, but it's just, I just feel like it's really It's good for your mental health too, to have more than just dance to dwell over. Because sometimes dance can be, you know, very heavy. Like you have a lot going on. You're worried about if you're getting put into all of the dance or only one section of the dance, or if you're getting put in the front or the back line, or if you're getting a lot of critiques, sometimes it's very overwhelming and being able to have other things to think about aside from like my dance teacher told me that my toes weren't pointed enough and I suck. Like that's not healthy to just have that to think about. So having other things to occupy you and other things that make you happy, not saying that dance doesn't make you happy, but just to give you another window of things that can make you happy, you know? Yeah. Can I um, just say, though, that, like, I feel like sometimes there's sort of this stigma around having interests and hobbies outside of dance. Really? Oh. Because, well, not necessarily <laughs> interests, or not necessarily hobbies, but career paths or mm-hmm. avenues. Because your whole dance career, you're, like, kind of told that, or at least from my experience, I can't say, like, everyone else, but if you're not just blinders on to dance then you're not a dedicated dancer because like you like dance should be your everything dance should be your world that's what I felt like I was sort of drilled um I feel like a lot of the time teachers say like you need to pick dance or something yeah that's what it is they give you like an ultimatum and it's like well actually I can do a lot of different things like yeah I can devote a lot of my time and energy to dance but for my mental health once again and just for my overall well-being I'm allowed to do other things at the same time you know it's weird though like 
I think because of dance, I've gotten very good at multitasking and just doing a lot of things at once. And I also thrive on being busy. So although dance is my world and I do dance all the time, I still have so many other things in my world that are important to me, but I still manage to make dance the priority. And like, that's my choice. I still manage to make dance the priority, but I still do a whole bunch of other things that I enjoy and make me happy. And I still give the correct amount of time to them to make sure that I'm not like pushing it to the side because I'm doing too much for dance or stuff like that. So I feel like I have figured out how to balance everything really well. And I think that comes from like all the juggling that I did in high school, which kind of just indicated how my life is going to be for the rest of my life, just because Mm -hmm. I love doing all these things at once. Yeah. But yeah. Um, Well, what are some of the things that you like to do outside of dance, Lexi? Well, I do a lot of things. So I'm in college right now. So I have two jobs aside from like all the other, usually when you're in college, you join like clubs and stuff like that. So I'll talk about the clubs in a second. But my two jobs are I'm a campus tour guide. So I give tours to like prospective students coming to the school. I'm not a fan of that job (laughs) anymore, but I've been doing it since freshman year. And I do enjoy like actually helping the students and stuff and like being informative and all this stuff so it's fun um and then the other job I do is I'm a Zumba instructor which I've talked about before in the podcast it goes somewhat hand in hand with dance I feel like a lot of dancers would be able to be Zumba instructors and I feel like leading group fitness is just a great way to keep you active especially for dancers it helps my stamina um and it's really fun I love it and it makes me have to work out because I'm scheduled So I have to do it. Um, But yeah, those are my two jobs when I'm at school. And then I'm in a dance company, which that is dance, but that's just one of the things I'm busy with. I'm in a dance company and I'm the president of that. And then I'm in a musical theater club where I am the vice president and the choreographer. So I do a whole bunch for that club. And then I also am in this like speech club because my major is speech language hearing. I don't know if you guys knew that. Um, but I'm in this club. It's called NISLA. It's National Student Speech Language Hearing Association. So I'm in that. And then I'm also getting my certification in sign language, American Sign Language. So I always have to go to like deaf events and go to all these like talking hands clubs. So that keeps me busy as well. And then I'm also an ambassador for the College of Public Health. How do we follow this? (sighs) I don't know. (laughs) Keep going. (laughs) I know. I'm like, every time I talk, I'm like, oh, I actually do more. I do more than that. Like, there's just so many things. Can you dive a little more into your, um, (laughs) like, speech journey? Like, getting into, like, speech and ASL and all of that? Because I feel like it's really interesting. And it's kind of, like, not as common as maybe other career paths. Definitely. Um, It's actually more common than you think. I think. Got it. So, So actually, actually you're wrong. Actually, you're wrong. (laughs) I think, like... It's a very, that career is in high demand because it's needed in schools, it's needed in hospitals, it's needed, like, uh, the speech therapists that, like, work individually and kind of go to people's homes and stuff. There's so many different ways you can work with adults, you can work with kids. So there's a lot of different ways that I can be a speech therapist. My goal is to work with children in an elementary school, but once I go to graduate school, which I'm applying to right now, so maybe by the, the by the time this episode comes out, maybe I'll be committed no. somewhere. Yeah. That's weird. Um, but yeah, I don't know where I'm going right now. But when you're there, you have to work in different like clinics and stuff like that. And they place you so you can try all the different types of speech therapy, which is cool because I've been so dead set on working with children and working in a school. But who knows? 
if I want to work with children in a hospital or if I change my mind to adults. Like, I don't know. But the idea of wearing scrubs is really appealing, if I'm going to be honest. Really? Yeah. Like, I really could see myself in scrubs. I think it's so cool. So if that means, like, maybe I'll fall in love working in a hospital, I don't know. But I do see myself wearing scrubs. I think it would be cool. But yeah, I got into speech just because my senior year of high school, we had this program where me, a 12th grader, was paired up with a preschool student. And we just worked one-on-one and it was like a preschool class. We worked one-on-one and I helped her from the beginning of the year all the way to the end of the year. And I pretty much watched her grow throughout the year. And I realized working one-on-one was what I enjoyed because I was able to see her individual growth as opposed to working like me with 20 other students. Cause I originally thought I wanted to be a teacher, but then I had some negative teacher experiences that I was like, you know what? I don't know if this is for me anymore so I realized I wanted to do speech and I'm very happy with speech I do like it and once I got to college and started taking the classes I was a little worried that I didn't like it as much as I thought I would I feel like everyone kind of goes through that phase a little bit yeah I've been going back and forth struggling and I think it didn't help with the pandemic just because I got a lot of my classes taken away from me because they were virtual which sucks because maybe I would have figured out that I liked it or hated it much sooner, you know? Um, And then junior year of college, I started taking American Sign Language and all my professors are deaf. So they threw you right into it. You had to learn the alphabet. And that was the only way you can communicate. We had an interpreter on the first day and that was it. And pretty much the teacher was like, yeah, don't get used to this interpreter. You're going to have to figure out how to communicate with me because... (laughs) <laughs> There's no other way. That's intimidating. It was intimidating, bit. but it was a good push. And I feel like my ASL has increased a lot because of that. And I feel like I'm like fairly good at it. I struggle with like the grammar and like the sentence formation. Ooh, I keep bumping the microphone. The sentence formation of it, but I'm working on it and I'm getting my certificate in it. And I love the professors. And yeah, they're just like, because the class is not as like class-based it's more like conversation and communication based it makes it so much more enjoyable because literally like you don't bring anything to that class no pen no paper no backpack no anything you show up you sit down and you talk that's what it is and then you learn and it makes we love talking we love talking exactly and so it just makes it so much more like personable so I was saying this to my mom like if if this happens, let's say like this big dance opportunity comes up in the next couple months or some TikTok or some theater opportunity, that would be great. And if I took it, I would want to get my license in interpreting on the side to make sure that I still keep that in my life and keep speech in my life. But if I end up doing grad school, which I think that's what it's going to be, unless any of you guys want to cast me out there listening, um, I'm probably going to do grad school for speech and then later in life do interpreting because I don't want to lose this skill. I think it's really amazing. And I, I love sign language. Like you guys see me, I do it all the time to myself. Cause like, I just, I can't stop my fingers from like talking. Like it's so much fun. And like, I hear you guys say things that I know how to sign and I just start doing it. Like I think last episode you were talking, Bianca, yeah. and I'm like over here just like yeah. signing as you're talking. Yeah. And yeah, I just love it. It's so much fun. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Great. That's great. <laughs> well, so that's I'm a sure you have a me. lot of other interests, but maybe we can dive into them later. Like, I'm sure you're done things. talking. That's you can enough. take a little intermission. Yeah, a little intermission. <laughs> um, Becca? Oh, okay. Um, so, so you can talk about speech now. What do you what do you like about it? Yeah. Um, no, actually <laughs> a little side thing, but 
when I found out that Lexi was studying speech in college, I was so excited because I, when I was younger, I had a really bad speech impediment. Me too. And like, I couldn't say a lot. Like, I basically like couldn't speak like and pronounce like all of the like basic words that are hard to pronounce. Like my guz, my sh, my sh, really like, all of that. But and I used to get speech therapy, but I ended up. I was I'm originally from New York, so. I ended up moving to California, and during the move, I still hadn't finished my R's. R's and are very so hard, So for though. years, I never got speech therapy again, because, you know, we just moved to a new state. We just yeah. moved to California. Right. So I just never learned my R's. And my they sound good to is, me. <laughs> my name is Rebecca, and I only went by Rebecca. I didn't go by Becca until later Wait, in life. Wait, but was it the R or the R? Because there are two different sounds. Did oh, you say it like probably I would say Rebecca. Oh, uh-huh. that's like so cute. My, until probably fourth grade. And like then when I started getting speech therapy, I'll never forget. Like they teach you how to use your lip. Mm-hmm. And I whenever someone would ask my name, I would go, Rebecca. And like <laughs> But at least but, you were like thinking about it. Cause yeah, like that's was, what you have to do. I just remember it was such like a important part of my life because like you're you're I just feel like having a speech impediment as a kid is like kind of embarrassing and like you you're like I remember being like really ashamed of it and like people would really? make fun of me and I was like yeah. embarrassed by it I didn't think much of mine like my I said my s's as my s's mm. like that's just like how I said it and like I was in speech with my best friend yeah so like I didn't really think much of it and it wasn't for like that long of a period of time it yeah, was like mine one wasn't year until, like I was older so everyone had kind of grown out of their speech impediment gotcha. and I still had mine so I just felt like it was like just like such a baby thing whatever it was but just, if you wait if you wait for like two and a half more years I can help you okay because I'll be I'll have my degree and I okay. can help you I I would say that I can like speak well but I honestly I feel like I still have one low-key like maybe like subliminally no like, it's okay me too because I maybe it's because I'm a speech therapist or uh, it's because I'm a speech therapy major that I'm like hyper aware of my speech all the time because I'm constantly like, why did you like, what is wrong with you? Like say it correctly. Like I'm so hard on myself. I'm yeah. like, speak correctly. Like you love talking. You're a speech therapist major. Like, are you kidding me? Like <laughs> I, I am so hard on myself. Yeah, next time you mispronounce something, I'll be like, you're like, eh, like every How's time speech therapy degree going <laughs> every time you're just going to do like negative five or minus five from like my, I'm actually just going to send it. I'm just going to send it to your teacher. So just email like the Dean. Yeah. Yeah. Like she is not right. <laughs> um, she can't do it. Anyways, um, a little bit about me. <laughs> oh, gosh, I hate that. But I currently am, as you know, like I live in LA now because I moved out here to do the training program. LA. LA. And uh, one thing that I've really gotten into the past year is videography. So this podcast has actually helped a lot with that because... You're welcome. It taught me. (laughs) (laughs) It really did, but, like, it taught me how to edit quickly and, like, edit and all that. But the way I got into it was I was working as an intern at a summer intensive, a dance summer intensive, and she wanted more help with, like, social media and stuff. And because I do TikTok, she was, like, tasking me to help her. And I've always sort of been, like, really interested in it. Like, I would always stare, like, whenever there was, like, a videographer in class or at a dance convention, everyone's staring at the dancers. Like, I'm watching the videographer. And I'm, like, looking at his stuff and, like, his or her, depending. And, like, looking at all, everything that they're doing. And I'm always, like, that's so cool. So I slowly just got into it. And, like, 
I started filming the intensive and I filmed it on like my little G7X camera that I got like the year earlier for vlogging. It's this, the camera that Lexi is on right now. Hi. And I would have to edit a wrap up video every single day. And I was also working as an intern too. So it really taught me like how to do things quickly and like efficiently. So I feel like that was a great experience because I'm also really close with my boss or the person running the intensive. So she kind of gave me the like creative freedom to try things and do different stuff, which I'm very grateful for, but I loved it. I made wrap up videos. You can check out my, my Instagram, Becca Lynn media. I have it all on there, but subscribe right here. I learned how to do all of that. And I really got into videography. So then I invested in this camera that I'm talking through right now. And I got really into it and I just, really love it and it showed me a new avenue of finding something creative that isn't dance but I'm still involved in dancing because I feel like sometimes I get so stuck and so burnt out being in front of the camera dancing having to be on all the time that like it was kind of nice to be behind the scenes for a second yeah it takes the weight off of you but you're still doing something in the dance field so in a way it kind of feels like you're dancing in just a different way sort of which I really loved and I thought that was a great avenue and I know like a lot of people find that through choreography and teaching and stuff like that but I never really felt that in those avenues so finding that through videography was a great thing to do but another thing that I realized is that watching dancers behind the camera kind of taught me what looks good and what I should be doing when I'm in front of the camera. Interesting. And that's why I've always been like, I feel like every dancer needs to be in my position at one point, even if it's like an hour or 20 minutes, just filming someone because I feel like now I work better in front of a camera and like dancing with a camera than I did before because I know what looks good and I know what my eye was looking for when I was filming. And so now I know how to give that to them. And I also, another thing is like, I really, even if you just have like a phone, everyone should get on camera work. Well, I was going to say like, it takes a lot of practice, but it's helpful that you're a dancer because you have the eye for it. Yeah. Like a dancer filming dancers is so different than a non-dancer filming dancers because you know what looks good. You know what to look for. You kind of know it's coming like you know how it's like if they're prepping you can assume like assume that a turn's coming stuff like that where yeah. it's like or you legs know what to follow, or legs or, or if they're about or... to jump i'll be able to like fall exactly <laughs> yeah. like i feel like that's so helpful because you're gonna get the right Im- like the exact image that they're Hopefully. hoping yeah and then if they do it once i feel like by then you're like okay like i got it like i feel like yeah. dancers because you pick up choreography so quickly yeah you know what to look for right away also the funny well that's another thing like when I'm filming a combo, I'll sort of learn the combination <laughs> in the videography sense so that like I know what to follow. But it's the worst thing when someone's taking a picture or shooting. You make TikToks about it like <laughs> what like yeah. what you're dancing yeah. and then they post on the front page the worst photo of you dancing. Yep. That yeah. has happened to I'm sure Everyone, every dancer, every single dancer has had the worst dance shot put of them on like the front screen of a website or in the poster in their dance studio. And you're like, oh, my gosh, who did this? Yep. It wasn't a dancer. I'll tell you that. Yep. So I definitely pride myself on like I do not send out anything or 
like finalize anything if a dancer looks bad. I will send it to them and be like, oh my God, this is a really funny photo. Like, let's all look at it and laugh. <laughs> it's funny though, because like, they think it looks good and like genuinely, not like, oh, they think it looks good. Like, they're like, oh, this is a good they're picture. Like, and I'm other like, what? photographers and video. Yeah, yeah, like they're like, this is a great picture. And I'm like, it's not, but thank you. Like, yeah, that's it's so crazy. funny because like they really do think that it's a good shot. And like, well, we are very hard on ourselves, especially when it comes to like technique and photos that we're like, nope, like my foot is slightly turned in. Like, that's the worst picture ever. And they're like, but you're so high in the air. And I'm like, it doesn't matter. My technique's bad. Like, yeah. awful. Yeah. yeah. No, literally, that's all we care about. Yep. It's kind of crazy that like, it really does matter. Like, you don't necessarily have to be a dancer to be like a good photographer or videographer for dance, but you have to have an eye for it or exactly. have some sort of experience Even with it. Even if you were a dance mom or something, yeah. just someone who's been around yeah. it so you know. So that's why you should hire me because I'm, a, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but I have been just finding, kidding. like, I have been really enjoying it. <laughs> what? You're like, just kidding. Don't hire me. <laughs> no, hire no, her. <laughs> please hire me. Um, I have been finding a lot of enjoyment doing that. And I'm trying to learn new skills. I'm definitely 100% self-taught. And maybe by season three, we'll have three cameras. Wow. Yeah. But this podcast has also been a really great experience. And I definitely. Again, you're welcome. <laughs> and I definitely love it. And it's just another thing to let you guys know that it you can find other creative outlets that aren't dancing that can still be, you can still be involved in dance. But anyways, speaking of creative outlets that aren't dancing, but you can still be involved in dance. Bianca. Do you do anything, Bianca? Do you do anything do you do? interesting? No? Okay. Lexi. I have more. <laughs> That's okay. how it usually goes. Yeah. Um. <laughs> yes, I do. So... Just staying in the dance vein first, I love teaching and choreographing. I always have. It's something that comes really naturally to me. Um, and I teach every single day of my life. I teach dance every single day of my life. Um, various studios over LA. Um, I like to do pop-up classes sometimes too. Yes. Um, and I think I'm going to start doing more of those in the new year. Um, maybe some ballet, maybe some contemporary. We'll see. Um, maybe some clogging maybe right? some clogging and some toe dancing why is clogging our go-to you say it a you, lot no, so you said it one time on a live that we did, did like I? yeah it was like a year and a half ago and you oh, made yeah. some joke about clogging and then we all went along with it for an hour but now it's like oh. becca's like forte yeah becca it's, always says it because i think it's hilarious to just like randomly you'll be with someone and they'll be like saying something and i'll be like oh well i love clogging too like that's my like favorite people style. are gonna start to think that you actually well you look a like a clogger though like you look like you would be good at it you're welcome well, so moving on um i love choreographing um outside of dance i actually love to cook i love cooking i make pasta i make steak i make soups i make she's gonna cook for us right I mean, if you want to, Becca just has a lot of food allergies, so I have to modify things, but that's okay. I'll eat it. That's, like, maybe I, I should talk about that. Like, I always cook with <laughs> garlic and onions, and she can't have onions, so I would have to omit those, and then a couple, like, probably most of the other ingredients, but we'll figure it out. I um, can't eat all the yummy stuff. Yeah. Becca's thing is, aside from dance, she has a whole bunch of allergies. Yeah. <laughs> that's my but fun fact. I love to cook and bake. Um, I also... What else? I love acting. Um, and I've been acting my whole life as well. And I implement it a lot in my TikToks and my content on social media with my dancing because I don't like to just focus only on dance work. I like to do everything. I even 
post cooking videos on my channels because I implement all of my, I guess you could say talents or just my interests. Um, I, guess I implement say. all of my talent. Yeah. And there's a lot. There's yeah. a lot. And I also sing. Um, Show us. Yeah. Well, you're going to have to pay extra for that. But no. yeah, that's, that's for like the Patreon. That's like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but. I, yeah, I just love everything creative. I love modeling. I love singing. I love acting. I love to cook. And those are just a few of the things that I do multiple times a week aside from dance. Um, and that's just like a way for me to kind of have that like therapeutic moment. Like when I'm cooking, that's like my therapy. Like I can just relax and make something that I like to eat and take a break from dance and just chill. Same with acting, same with singing. Yeah. They're they're still creative, but I'm not exerting the physical energy. And it just gives my brain like a reset and just the opportunity like to breathe. Yep. So yeah. Let's see. Is there anything that's not entrepreneurial or like you just mainly talked about your like club and like your involvement in school, but is there like a hobby or something that you enjoy doing? Yeah. So when quarantine hit, I actually really got into painting. I don't know if I ever talked about Ooh, that with you guys. I love that too. But I found such a knack for painting. <gasps> we should paint together. We should. We I, should. I, I love painting. Painters. Great. We we'll literally, do it. let's do it because I like. I would sell it on Etsy. Like I Ooh. would literally just look up like designs on Pinterest and kind of copy it. And I painted this one picture of Gary, like from SpongeBob. And oh my god! Like, I think that was probably one of my best wow. like things I've ever painted. It was so good. Like I literally, love that. it looked exactly. I'll show you a picture. Um, no, it was so good. And then I started painting Broadway playbills, actually. And those were what I was selling on Etsy. That's cute. It was really that's cute. so like, musical theater of you. Exactly. But that's also a nice little niche. It really is. And, yep. like, I would only paint the ones that I could <laughs> paint. Because <laughs> some of them, like, some of the playbills have people's faces on them. And, like, I can't do faces. Really intricate. So I was doing, I did Mean Girls. I did Aladdin. I did Matilda. I did a whole bunch. Wow, I did. that's impressive. Thoroughly Modern Millie was eh because it was, like, a silhouette of somebody. But I literally have, like, so many. I did the prom. Like, I just, I was doing all the ones I could and then selling them. And I did somewhat good. I promoted it on my TikTok, like, back in 2020. Mm -hmm. um, but, yeah, like, I really got into painting. I really have not been able to paint just because... I'm a little busy from what I told you guys before. I don't have a lot of time to like sit down and really paint because that takes like concentration and I need to just have the time to like do that. But usually when I have free time, I just chill because I need to. Mm -hmm. um, but something else that I got into this summer was roller skating. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, I again, haven't had the time this past semester, but this summer I really got into it because I had one friend from school who was just amazing at roller skating. And I was like, you know what? Like, I, I want a hobby because I, everything I do, I am so committed to it and I just put everything into it. And especially with dance, like that's the biggest thing. Like dance is not even like a hobby anymore. It's a passion. It's like my lifestyle, you know, like yeah. it's just a part of me and it's a lot and I love it. And sometimes it's very stressful. So I just wanted something that like you were saying, like, it's just a hobby, something that I can no do pressure. whenever, no pressure. I could do whenever I want. doesn't matter how good I am at it. Obviously I'm a perfectionist. So it sucked when I was just starting out and like, couldn't do things, yeah. but I was doing it for like three months this summer and I grew a lot. Mm -hmm. Like I really, like I got like a solid 10, 15 tricks That's and I great. was proud of myself because like I went from literally just 
standing up and falling right back down to doing those turns when you put your heel up and then do like those like axis turns or whatever and like jumping and turning and all these like fun things. So I am excited to get back into it when I have the time just because it really was fun. And I'm glad that I have my one friend at school to kind of push me to do it. So I have them at school with me. We have like the room that I teach Zumba in. It's just like this nice like waxed wooden floor. So usually we would skate in there like last year um but yeah I want to get into just keeping it more consistent because it was really fun and it was very low-key like I really just enjoyed doing that and then I had one friend from home who she also started roller skating with me this summer so we'd push each other like let's go to the tennis courts like come on like let's do it so we would do it like twice a week like we got pretty consistent with it this summer so I hope to get back into that that. on your resume I actually do it's a special skill exactly because some musicals have roller skating in it and like oh yeah there's i was watching a lot of like isn't it like i want to say okay the little mermaid does or no it does does the little mermaid can it depends sometimes it's heelys it can be roller skates based on like the underwaterness Um, true you know you know where i recently saw roller skates where dua lipa's concert they had well that's another thing guys all over roller skating like the entire time and they were so good at it wow. yeah the, i was watching like youtube tutorials and there was this one girl who she was like hey guys like i'm so and so and i teach roller skating for like music videos and stuff like that and i was like that is really cool like that is such a skill to have because as much of like the fact that you need to be a dancer and be able to move you can't just throw a dancer on roller skates like you need to actually learn like it right Maybe it was easier for me to learn because I'm a dancer and like knowing where to put and shift my weight um, and not being scared to just like throw myself and fall on the ground. Like that was easier because I was very willing to fall. Um, But yeah, it's so cool. And like so many music videos are starting to have it. And I've seen like commercials too. That's always been like a really big thing. And I feel like, like we said on camera, because you're a dancer, you're more used to performing and being on camera. So you kind of, in that sense, maybe actual rollerbladers and roller skaters right. are have more experience than you, but sometimes that might put, give you an advantage because you have on exactly. experience already. It'll be easier to shoot you. Right, and the fact that, like, I know the basics, you can teach me, like, a roller skating choreography now, and I feel like I'd be able to pick that up and, like, just learn the skills in the choreography and yeah. it come easier. Yeah, yeah, that's actually another side note that we're talking about like special skills these hobbies you might think that they're a waste of time and I in in my head I feel like whenever I'm doing something like that like baking or doing crafts painting in my head I'm like I I could be doing something like important right now not but I should be doing something productive and I get like I understand all upset but like something like rollerblading like low-key you are doing something productive because it's now a special skill right so things like jump roping unicycle like stuff like that I feel like is a great thing to like one stay active that isn't dance like finding an active activity that's outside of dance it's such a leg workout yeah and two Doing something that's, like, a little different than, like, other dancers. Exactly. Like, I feel like it just gave me something else to be, like, in, like to feel individual for. Yeah. Because I'm a dancer. I have so many dancer friends that it's, like, me dancing is nothing 
you're different not than everyone else dancing. <laughs> no, you're right. Like it's nothing different, especially when you're dancing with a group. So I was like, okay, this is cool. It like sets me aside and yeah. it gives me some more skills. And I literally made like a roller skating Instagram account just to keep tabs. Like it was more for me. Yeah. So then I can see my growth and like scrolling back, like it was literally me just going forward and I was like, woo, like I did it. And then yeah. I'm doing like turns and jumps and I was like, oh, like that's so cool. Slay. So yeah. Do you do any like other physical activities outside? I feel of like dance? you can unicycle. I like you give me like you, you look like you'd unicycle. <laughs> you look like you unicycle. I can't explain it. Like look at her, right? Uh, I <laughs> I feel like I would actually be terrible at that, but I've you never, never tried. Until you try. Yeah. Um, no, I don't. And I could say like, oh, I do yoga or Pilates like every other dancer, but I don't. I actually don't <laughs> like either of those. I just want to say that. I'm sorry. Like I just think it's so boring. I'm sorry. Like, I'm, I'm sorry. sorry, but like Pilates is the reason why I'm like the dancer I am today. <laughs> but I, I don't like Pilates. I, what? I don't like Pilates. No, I don't like it. And it's not because it's like, guys, I have a reformer. I'll show you. I'll okay. Show you. But it's like, okay. it's just like it. It's just like too slow and it's so repetitive. And since I'm always dancing, I just want to keep going and like, you know, doing something different. I just don't have the patience for it. I use that when I teach. Yeah, <laughs> your patience. I got into yeah. hot yoga when it was like oh, 2020 and like I do not like yeesh, like quarantine ish time, but like not after quarantine when like things were open. So I would go to this like hot yoga studio near my school with one of my friends, and like I liked it at first because it was cool, and then I kept going, and it was the same exact class. Literally. regardless of the teacher, Literally. like same exact class, and I was like, yeah. I don't feel like I'm learning. I feel like I'm just learning this set you know like it didn't feel like I was learning it and like I don't know yoga is too slow for me it's very cool but I think it's just too slow for me but I do want to learn because you guys know I love to do handstands like I I love handstands and so I would love to be able you know how like people who do yoga can just like hold a handstand and they have really good like core strength no I actually I'm not gonna try to brag but I can Loki, hold a good handstand. Really? Like, yeah, I, I want to work on my handstands. Like, actually, like, technique-wise, I want to work on my handstands because I think it's so impressive when they just stay up there. And I'm like, that's cool because I love handstands. So. On that <laughs> on that front, like, I agree. Like, I kind of want to get more into gymnastics and getting my tricks. Because, Do it. Yeah, because that's huge right now. Yeah. Well, I just think it would be good as a dancer to have, like, an aerial. Like, I don't have an aerial. I can do a cartwheel. I can do a round off. I can do a somersault. That's it. <laughs> um, but I think I would be really good at it. I used to do gymnastics when I was a kid, and then I stopped because of dance. Um, but Me too. I, yeah, but I really want to get Me into too. gymnastics yeah. and get, like, back walkovers and, you know, all oh that stuff. Just so, like, at an audition, I could, like, pull it out if I needed to back right. over. Okay. Well, yeah. one thing I will say is I wish that there was more of this. And if there is like, please send me a DM or something. I wish that there was my school actually offered it because, um, one of the teachers at my school was what was in the Palabolus company, which uh-huh. is like kind of an acrobatic dance company because taking a gymnastics class, you're not going to be out there doing a front walkover during an audition because that's not dancing like that's gymnastics and so i feel like the coolest I meant for like improv well no no that's <laughs> what i mean but like i don't know like I, i've never been like like going there's a like time a, and a place for it but okay, it's well, definitely warranted I, there's a yeah. place for a handstand always anyways Just what in i'm life. saying is that all these people and you see it in competition dance a lot too they have the most 
insane coolest tricks that like are flippy and like twisty and it's so cool and it's like flippy uh, and why, twisty. I don't know like if there's a class or something for that that's like not gymnastics necessarily like, like acrobatic but like no like I don't know I guess there might be but like I feel like, like a dance based like dance tricks gymnastics. dance like dance tricks like why don't dance we gymnastics. open a dance gymnastics I'm sure studio, that guys. it is a thing and I just like have we no have to get clue good at that first. I'm sure that there is a thing and I have no idea but I always see people do the craziest stuff. And I think there is like a place, but it's not in LA. Like it's not an LA based yeah. company. But dance tricks are like money. And I feel like, how do these people learn how to do these tricks? Maybe I didn't have like a good acro teacher growing up or like <laughs> one at all. But I don't know. I just came from the rhythmic world. So like I yeah. can do like a front walkover and like an elbow stand and all of that. But I feel like having gymnastics though in dance is a really good skill. Yeah. Like acro and all that stuff. Like I, I did 11 years of gymnastics growing up mm-hmm. and I liked it a lot. And then I had to stop. I was actually like on the team, I think for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then I had to stop just because dance got too much. And my studio didn't offer acro at the time, but they started offering it after like the year after I graduated. So oh. <laughs> it was like, I just missed it. But luckily I could still do some of the tricks just because like I did have a gymnastics background yeah and then anytime I'd come home from break I'd just go and take classes and I got my back handspring back by going and it's probably gone again but (laughs) I got it no you never lose it I got my back handspring when I was messy though it's like spent everything I think I got my back handspring when I was like six or seven years old I was probably like seven and I feel like when you get a trick that young you have no fear when you're learning it and then you just never lose it like I can still whip it out to this day and it's not like I ever train because I was like a cheerleader as a little child but gymnastics is the thing I feel like this is what I always say but gymnastics was the thing that was the only thing I came in with like acrobatic tricks and stuff so it really definitely gave me like the confidence I have and it does give you a little bit of like a one-up if you know how to use it correctly because when I first started dancing I just did like tricks and like it wasn't more integrated enough into dance and that's why I feel like I'm talking about that so much because I could just like whip out like a front walkover but like that's not like that's not integrated you'll almost well that's why I feel like at competition you have to be careful yeah. By not putting, like, too much tricks in the dance because then it loses, like, the dance yeah. portion of the but solo there's a way to stuff like that. There's a way to, like, make a trick dancey. Yeah. And that, that's, of all, course. that's what I'm trying to say. But um, I did have a question. I made a joke a couple minutes ago saying, like, oh, we should open a dance gymnastics studio. But it made me think, have you guys ever considered opening your own dance studio? Yep. Yeah? When I'm older. Would you actually want to, like, go through that? Yeah, I've had that in my head since I was, like, 12 very cool um I've always wanted to do that um and just own my own space for dance training um and I I'll do that at some point but I don't want to do it necessarily right now just because I'm still young and I still want to perform and have I don't want something to tie me down in that way right now because it's a huge responsibility and that is like something that takes over your entire life Mm -hmm. you know like managing and running a studio is a huge thing absolutely Yeah, yeah but I definitely do want to no, you Becca. No, <laughs> no. Um, I definitely don't think, but I, I'll, I'll say never say never because yeah. you never know what happens in your life. But if anything, I definitely don't, I don't necessarily want to be tied to a space because I don't find like that much passion and joy in teaching. Mm-hmm. Although I do enjoy it a little bit. Like I haven't gotten to that point maybe in my life or like my career that it's something I really like seek out for enjoyment. 
but um getting involved in like dance studios and stuff like i would love to like with my like media company i would love to like run studio like social media and yeah. stuff and i've started to like slowly get into that a little bit but that's good i i think that's the involvement i would want in a dance yeah. studio yeah yeah that's so fair for me I've never wanted to own a dance studio. That's just not been something that I have been interested in. Mm -hmm. A lot of people have said that to me, like, oh, like you would want to open your own studio, right? And I was like, not really. Like, that's just never something that I wanted. I, I probably like I could see myself doing it because after like being the president of my dance company and stuff, like I know that's very different, but just like running it Mm -hmm. and being like in charge of all that stuff. Like I do like it. Well, but I, sorry, one second. Um, I, (laughs) <laughs> I hold think, on one second uh, one second let me my thought. <laughs> that was my bad that was my bad <laughs> I just I like teaching and I like choreographing and that's enough and I feel like if I'm running the studio it might take away from like the glamour of just coming in and teaching and choreographing because then it's like I can't focus on just that there's 10 million other things to worry about and like I'm very close with my studio owner from home who like I see how much she has to deal with and like she's amazing at handling all of that but I just don't know if like that's what I want to commit myself to, at least right now. But again, like never say never. Who knows? Yeah. That might change in 10 years when I'm like, you know what? I think it's time I open a studio. Like, I really don't know. But the answer is no for well, now. If yeah. something is, I think you really have to have a passion for the managerial, man, manager, managerial, maybe managerial side. Hmm. Um, <laughs> a studio because it is such a big part of it. Like you yeah. do need to love it. But I think maybe like a good avenue would, if you're if you need some consulting would be like a company like a dance company well that's the thing like I can very much see myself running something like I love business and I I think after like just doing TikTok and stuff like it made me realize like I love just like all the negotiating and all that stuff and like actually like running yourself as a business like I I find a lot of joy in that so I've actually been like trying to think of a way to run a business that's dance related that's not a dance studio I don't know exactly what that would be but I think that that would be fun because I like being in charge of things like I'm very much the like I thrive being in charge of things so same same Same. (laughs) (laughs) that's why the thing and that's why we're so together isn't it funny might I add that this episode is supposed to not be about dance and we almost all talked about dance or somewhat integrated which really just shows how like you can't escape dance you can't escape i'm it. talking about like in the beginning of this episode being like try to do things outside of dance but like it's all like at the end of the day it all comes right back to dance but that's just like because you really love what you do that's the thing though like dance has taught me so many skills beyond just dancing like yeah. i feel like that's why dance i like training is life training but even like because <laughs> i was like teaching and assisting at my dance studio since I was 14 years old. So that helped me with my public speaking and that helped me just grow as a person and enjoy being a leader. And that's why, like I'm saying, like I could totally see myself running a business because, and it all goes back to dance because they prepared me so well that I feel like I could do anything, you know, like, I don't know, like it, it prepares you beyond the skills that are just dance and technique and flexibility. Like dance teaches you so much. And I'm so thankful for that because I kind of like myself. I think it prepared me into a pretty good person, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. So, I think that's a good chunk of information for this <laughs> yeah, episode. You really yeah. got to know us. Yeah. I think that 
yes, like all of us do have our elements that relate back to dance, but at the same time, we have different avenues that are separate, but we can still apply them in the studio. Um, And I learned more about you guys today too, actually. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So thank you guys for listening to episode four, right? Uh, yeah episode four wait thank you (laughs) wait yeah thank you guys so much for listening to episode four of bar chat season two and we will see you next week for our next episode in two weeks yeah in two weeks you always say that okay bye bye Bye.